Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is a special edition of the Kingsman Corner. Uh, I'm really excited to be able to do this, to branch off a little bit and move outside of Fantasy Gods West. Uh, really excited to bring in today's not just guests, but guest hosts. This guy is someone I've known for many years, um, was the darling of Atascadero football, went on to play collegiately uh, up in Menlo. He is the commissioner of the League of Champions, a high-stakes league, and was actually the founder of another podcast focusing on fantasy football uh, that was neighboring over 500 listeners a week. Please join me in welcoming Eric Raz Rasmussen. Eric, welcome to the show. You know what? After that intro, um, I know that I got to bring it today. And it's an honor to be here, so thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to, in any way, shape, or form, offering some week four advice to those who are trying to win this week. That's, That's all what it's about. Accomplish here, exactly. And um, it's an honor to be here. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for joining the show. We're gonna have a great time. Uh, this represents a unique opportunity for us to look forward. Look forward into week four. Obviously, three weeks in the season has given us a lot about uh, where we're at today. Um, news broke today about everything that's going on in Tennessee related to COVID. Nine total staff members, five, I think that's four players and five staff, have tested positive um, and currently have both the, the, the Tennessee and Minnesota Vikings um, in remote situations. So we're certainly seeing how that situation unfail, un, unfolds. We know that the Tennessee-Pittsburgh game has been postponed at least till Monday if not until Tuesday. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that situation closely. And as games push later, it's going to have fantasy impact on when people play, who they start. And so hopefully today we can shed some some light onto who we like in some of these matchups, who we should stay away from, and, uh, and ultimately let's have some fun. Absolutely. No, I'm right there with you. And just some friendly advice and more fundamental advice uh, for those who have been doing this for a while with this game, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and us waiting for the call and whether we're going to do this Monday or Tuesday. As you just stated, we should be in the clear. It will all count for week four. Um, definitely something to monitor. Definitely something to monitor in regards to who you have in your flex. Um, and making sure that the later games are there. So this is something we probably want to look at, obviously getting into week four, but we could talk about that a little later. So Absolutely. Well, let, let's start with uh, tomorrow's matchup, and we've got an 0-3 Broncos versus an 0-3 Jets. Um, do, we, do we bother tuning in to watch this game? <laughs> um, well, you know, for non-fantasy goers, no. This is a uh, very boring game, I would say. But it's fantasy football. There's some juice here. And there's a couple folks that I like for this game. And most notably, 
you know, th- these these folks are not going to be uh, individuals that we would think of. These folks might be on your waiver wire still. They may be available in majority of leagues out there. So I'm going to start, Jake, with with um, some folks in the Broncos that I think are viable options. One of them, KJ Hamler, who is available in 96% of ESPN leagues right now. Uh, Hamler, in week three, led the Broncos – in routes ran, um, and he has, and I'm going to use this term a lot, that home run hitting ability. Yeah, and he's essentially Denver's main vertical threat. Then we have the Jets and their defense, who have allowed <laughs> eight highest explosive plays so far this season. A red zone defense is like Oprah. Like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. So to me. If you're if you're in a position where you're kind of torn and you need more of a higher ceiling to maybe balance out your lineup and you need someone who could bring it um, on a potential 60, 50 yard touchdown type of play, I like Hamler. Okay. Uh, this week, um, the other wide receiver for the Broncos, Jerry Judy. Also looks like a nice play as well. Um, essentially working from the slot in week three. I think 94% of his routes ran were from the slot in week three. And he gets to go against Brian Poole, Jets defender, who was allowed 12 catches for 114 yards, 15 targets with any slot receiver this season. So I like Denver in this game. I think the over-under is at like 39 and a half. And depending on the league, in a PPR setting, I love Judy. From a home run hitting setting, I like Hamler this week for week four. Well, you got to like anybody playing the Jets. I think that we'll start there in any type of conversation. I think everybody's eyeing three teams. At least I am right now. You got the Jets, you got the Giants, and you got the Bengals. And whoever they're playing, you got to like your odds. Um, it certainly is interesting. Obviously, there's a, a quarterback carousel happening in Denver, and now Brett Repin is is the one that's that's starting. So. Um, we'll see how much confidence and how much they open up the playbook for him for some of those home hitters. Listen, you were a home hitting uh, uh, ex when you were playing, and so I will take your word for it. If the guy's got scoring deep scoring ability, uh, you would know more than anybody. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, um, that's that's a part of what I'm looking at here. In addition to the fact that uh, you know we have the Jets. So let's just face it, they're, they're awful. Yep. And the next question is, is there anyone that we like on the Jets this week? And I have someone that I'm going to throw out there. I may get people to laugh at me, but you know what? Mark my words. For those who are in a situation where they need a flyer week four tight end, and you have George Kittle, and you need someone to kind of get you through this week, even though I think Kittle's coming back this week, Chris Herndon. I drafted him myself. I was extremely high on Chris Herndon. Uh, everyone was raving about him. When I mean everyone, Adam Gase, which doesn't mean a lot, <laughs> apparently. Um, but here's here's the rundown with the Jets. They have a lot of injuries themselves. Uh, I think they're going to be down in this game. I think they're going to be down early. They face Buffalo, San Francisco, Indianapolis, who all have graded inside the top 13 so far when it comes to pass rush. I'm huge on pass rush. How much time is the quarterback going to have to make these decisions? They've been raving around uh, about Chris. He hasn't really shown up yet. I know that they want to have him be a big part of this offense. 
and defense for Denver hasn't been great. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they have a significant downgrade when it comes to providing some pass rush. I think they're the 29th ranked pass rush grade right now in the league. Yep. So, Average giving up 277 uh, yards per game in the air. Absolutely. So I like Chris Herndon. You know, keep an eye on him. I think he's still out there. I think he's available like 74% of ESPN leagues. And if uh, you need someone who might get peppered with some targets, and I'm going to use this term as well, a lot of garbaggio time, which is so frustrating. It is. It's, it's frustrating, <laughs> but, it's, but it's part of the game, you know? Absolutely. we got to take it. we got to take it very serious. So absolutely. maybe some garbaggio time for Chris Herndon. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the next matchup. Move out of Thursday and uh, and let's take a look at some Sunday matchups here. Next one I want to talk about here is the Saints versus the Lions. Uh, we got a one and two Saints versus a one and two Lions, um, and this is in Detroit. Some big storylines coming out of this week today. Michael Thomas returned to practice, which is certainly a good sign for pretty much everybody in New Orleans and everybody who owns. Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. Now it has uh, it, it's been very clear that everybody is harping on Drew Brees this year. He has lost it, and there certainly are times in the Monday night against the Raiders where he would miss wide open receivers, and that's just not the Drew Brees that we know with the high, highest completion percentage in all of NFL history. So, getting Michael Thomas back would be huge this week, although. I'm not overly concerned about the Saints in this matchup, and I tell you why. I don't see the the Lions being able to keep up with the Saints. They have too much firepower. I'm not sure, uh, Eric, if you if you caught the play last week, uh, it was towards the end of the third quarter. And the Saints had the ball. Uh, they were trailing by a touchdown to the Packers, and they they threw a little check down to Alvin Kamara, who then basically made six guys slip off of him into a 52-yard touch touchdown. Did you yeah. catch that play? Yeah. Um, the, the Saints are all explosive. Business. Super explosive. And, um, you know, obviously with – I mean, I, I mean I, today I'm sure we're going to get into some obvious starts, right? I think, yeah. I think the beauty of what we're going to talk about is, that, you know, for those that are on the fringe and maybe need some folks that you feel comfortable starting. But, yeah – with, with regards to how the Saints function as an offense, I think they could put this away earlier uh, than expected. And, yes, Drew Brees, is there a concern there? Can he throw the ball beyond 15 yards? That's the big question. I think he's ranked right now um, at an average depth of 5.1 yards. The closest qualifying quarterback, Sammy Darnold. Sammy D. Sammy D. <laughs> oh, boy. So, but, yes, um, I think uh, I'm going to defer back to you before I have any kind of insight on what I think could happen on Detroit's side of the ball, and including Garbaggio time, common team here. Yeah, and, I, uh, I agree. I mean, I still, I still do think like Matthew Stafford. Um, I still like what he's been producing on a quite regular basis. I'm not ready uh, to totally chuck out the Lions. Um, I, I just, as I look at a whole, and I look at what what are the bright spots in this game. For me, uh, personally, I'm, I'm going to shy away from a lot of the Lions side of the ball. I'm going to stick to more of the Saints, especially um, when you look at where they're at. Obviously, they're playing inside. That always favors the Saints. I think that the Saints get back on track. I think you're going to see a bigger game from Drew Brees, count at 300 yards and three touchdowns, uh, and at least one of those going to Alvin Kamara. Um, and if, if we get Michael Thomas back, 
um, that'll definitely solidify that. Otherwise, I think you're going to see Emmanuel Sanders definitely um, hitting his stride and, and, and getting in the end zone this week. Let me ask you this, and this is kind of a bold statement here, and going back into our, our world of fantasy. Um, do you think that there's a chance that Kenny Galladay outperforms Michael Thomas in this matchup? Absolutely. I think there's a real chance. I mean, Kenny Galladay, uh, depending on what what you know pre-draft rankings you were looking at, was going anywhere between six and nine uh, top wide receivers off the board. Kenny G, uh, I personally had him last year, and uh, he was a target monster. He got actually a few touchdowns snaked by Marvin Jones Jr., um, but for, for all intents and purposes, was the number one in Detroit, and that's definitely an air attack offense. And so I, I would actually – what I would say in this is I would expect Kenny Galladay to outperform Michael Thomas, especially coming back from a high ankle sprain. Absolutely. No, for sure. And I think um, any Saints player, we're going to feel good about more often than not every single week. I like Kenny to Kenny Galladay. Uh, he came back and contributed right away. It was him and TJ Hawkinson, who's been a nice little story himself. Both led the team in targets. I think they had seven last week against the Cardinals. And we can maybe expect the same kind of flow of that game, right? right. They may be down or they may be down even more. And then enter in Garbaggio time where we have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ. These guys are okay, I think, to start this week, depending on what you're looking at. And potentially what looks to be a high-scoring game. I think the over's at, over-under is at 50. So that's a nice little fantasy uh, fantasy game for sure. I kind of like the over in that. i got to be honest. I mean, I see a lot of points going on, on the board there. Absolutely. Cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about uh, old TB12 and the Tampa Bay Bucks hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Tampa Bay Bucks, 2-1. and one. Um, They're on a two-game win streak. Uh, all of the critics that have been on Tom Brady have, have suddenly gone away. Obviously, some big implications in, in this game. Chris Godwin, currently doubtful and is likely out. Eric, what can you tell us about this week's matchup between the, the Chargers and the Bucks? Mike Evans. Mikey Start Mike. There. Okay. God, Godwin's out. Um, you got to look at Mike Evans. And if you're Mike, I mean, this is an obvious start, right? There's been a little bit of hesitation, not even hesitation. You're starting Mike Evans, but expect double-digit targets this week. Um, similar to what he, he saw in week two. Um, and then I also like Scotty Miller. Okay. He's like the, he's kind of he's kind of the Julian Edelman of Tampa Bay, and I think is going to be a solid potential wide receiver two or three with Godwin being out in this game. So um, as a Mike Evans owner, you're feeling good about that. Um, I also believe that for the Chargers, Chris Harris Jr. is out. So um, I expect a big day for Tom, Mike Evans, the passing attack for Tampa. Um, and on the other side of the ball, um, if we're going to get into the Chargers, Keenan Allen, yeah, I have him on my team. I was a little concerned about the first couple of weeks. I didn't know what to expect. We had a new quarterback. And then here comes the Rook. And it <laughs> seems like Phillip Rivers and his, his ability to just pepper Keenan Allen with right. targets has returned. And I do believe – you may have to correct me on this one, Jake. I don't know if – I think Herbert's going to be in there this week. But um, – as far as I know, he is. I know he exited the game, but I, I do believe he is. Sweet. That makes me happy as an owner of Keenan Allen. And for everyone listening, you should be happy as well. Keenan Allen, 35 
percent target share of the past two weeks. That's why we drafted him. That's why we have him. I think he had 20, 20 catches, 220 yards, and a tug in the last couple weeks. Uh, I'm pumping the brakes personally on Gronkowski because, you know, Rob's coming back. He's been partying in Vegas, dancing with <laughs> Lakers cheerleaders, and he's back in action now. And he kind of had a little bit of a, you know, resurgence last week. Seven targets for 48 yards. It's like, oh, is, is Rob back? No, he's not. Pump the brakes. They have a lot of other weapons. I think he will have some time to shine. Uh, but in this particular game, if you have him and um, he's your only tight end, great. That's totally fine. I'm not saying he's a bad start. But um, I think there's still a lot to be desired. Uh, he still ranks outside of the top to 15 tight ends uh, in week three when it comes to routes that were actually ran. So, yeah, and, and I, I just I think that they've made it very clear in Tampa Bay that that they're not focused on getting the tight end the ball. Maybe like everyone would have expected. Um, obviously, Tom Brady comes from an offense where Belichick uses not just one, not just two, but sometimes three tight ends that are getting involved. And and it's been very clear that they will use the tight ends to block and not necessarily to open up the passing game. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah, That's 100% true right there. So. It'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, um, I certainly I, I like the play. Um, you know, what, what makes me interested in this matchup is how well the Chargers defense played the Kansas City Chiefs into an overtime thriller where they basically had to hit three consecutive field goals to win the game. So uh, while I like Tom Brady and I, I like the play uh, of Mike Evans, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect with that Chargers defense. Are they going to show up like they did versus uh, Kansas City? And if they do, I mean, right now the Chargers are ranked ninth, uh, only giving up 227 passing yards a game. Are they able to shut down the legend of TB12? You know, we'll see. Yeah, and then, you know, there's something in general uh, with the Bucks this year, and I got to just – I got to imagine every week that goes by, you have to favor Bruce Arians and Tom Brady becoming right. more acclimated with what they're trying to do and kind of solidifying their plan and their passing attack. And I just got to imagine, even though we got to look at matchups, it's only going to get better. Tom Brady's arm might not get better, but he's smart. Bruce Arians is one of the best quarterback coaching minds in the NFL. Absolutely. So there's going to be a lot of excitement there. And, um, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about some of these plays for this week. No, I, I like it too. Um, all right, let's let's move on to kind of the next matchup I want to break down, and, and we'll be quick on this one here. Uh, again, spend a little bit less time on maybe um, – teams that have lower fantasy expectations, but we've got the one and two Jacksonville Jaguars and the mustache uh, traveling over to the O two and one Cincinnati Bengals. Now, as we look at this matchup, um, you know, I think the first and obvious one is obviously Joey B. Joey B completed 31 of 44 passes last week for 312 yards and two touchdowns in a tie with the Eagles. Joe Burrow is one of uh, only one other individual who has thrown for 300 yards and multiple outings in their first three games as a starting quarterback. The other quarterback 
is Patrick Mahomes. So when we look at this, I'm, I'm obviously all in on Joe B. I think that he is a, a guy who hates to lose and is an ultimate competitor. Um, I really like the play here. The, the play that I have a question about, and I don't know if you have an opinion about this, but uh, Joe, where has he been mixing? He seems like he's been lost. I don't know if we're going to see the Joe Mixon that we have expected. Um, but as I look at this matchup, personally, um, there are two elements on the Cincinnati Bengals that I am currently not a fan of, and that would be Joe Mixon and my overall disdain and belief that it doesn't matter if you throw AJ the Green, AJ Green the ball 20 times, he will only catch three of them, and I don't believe that you start him this week either. I think, um, yeah, no, I, um, I'm trying to find a way to disagree with you, Jake. It's going to come, I promise, but uh, I agree with you again because Joe Mixon, um, I think going into the year was an enticing pick, and I don't think you give up on him. Matter of fact, if you're sitting there in your league right now, maybe you wait for an opportunity because he's going to have his time. Sure. He's going to have a big game. He'll win you a week, and then I would trade him yeah. right away. But uh, – in this case, I mean, you said it yourself. Joe Burrow, man, he looks good. He does. He's poised. He's their new shiny toy. I think he's dropped back to pass more than any quarterback in the league, and he's a rookie, which is insane. Um, now, that kind of also, despite being the, the high investment for Cincinnati, uh, he's a shiny toy. Let's see what he can do. They're definitely doing that. But they're also losing. They're also losing, and their offensive line is so terrible. They're playing catch-up more than any other team, it seems like. So they're going to pass the ball. So it's Joe Burrow. It's the passing game. Maybe Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. Like We kind of lean into that. Joe Mixon, it's it's tough. You know, I think if you look at Jacksonville's defense, they're average. You know, I think they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. as of, as of right now, we don't hear much about the run defense, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think Joe Mixon is a guy where maybe he had the ceiling of being a solid RB1 every week. You just got to monitor and you got to be comfortable removing the name value okay. and playing matchups if you feel someone could uh, could have a higher higher uh, opportunity. I like it. I like it. I mean, hey, let's, let's give someone the benefit of the doubt. Um, maybe this is the week that Joe Mixon gets back on track. I still am just until I see it. I'm not a believer in AJ Green, and I'll I'll, I'll ride that till I die. But I, I don't necessarily see that happening. Now flipping over to the other side of the ball, I got to talk about a guy that I absolutely love, James Robinson, who has just absolutely bursted onto the scene over the past two weeks. He's had 249 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. Um, last week he he had uh, 11 attempts. 46 yards and two touchdowns just last week alone. I love this matchup for James Robinson. And I think that this is a guy who is going against a Bengals defense that's allowing 181.7 rushing yards a game. That is the second most in the league. That is like you're walking up to the buffet and they have everything on on the, the list you could ever want. And it's all free. And they say, take take what you want and come back again. And I think that I think that as I look at this, James Robinson uh, is going to take exactly what he wants. I love him in this matchup. I'm feasting it. 
I, I would even consider putting him somewhere in the, the RB top 10 range for this week. Again, you talk about matchup dependent. I love the play here. Um, and he, he's definitely actually one of my favorites out of the entire week four lineups. Robinson's going to absolutely feast, and I'd love to act like I know everything about James, but I haven't. But that's what makes this fun, because no one did before <laughs> this year started. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's a must-start. I, I mean, I think he could be five running back this week. He's already ranked RB4 through three weeks. And to your point, the Bengals are terrible. Terrible. And allowing almost 30 fantasy points a game to running backs this season. James Robinson all the way. James Robinson all the way. Hard play. Push it. Push it. Push it. All right. Let's uh, want to talk about this game. This is an interesting game. I don't think you could ask a poll to 100 people. And I don't think walking into week three, not one person would have said that week three, Minnesota Vikings versus the Houston Texans. Features two zero and three teams. I might be wrong, but I would I would put money on that that those two those two story franchises would be both zero and three walking into the year. Yeah, no, I think um, I think that these guys. I mean, they've, they've had a tough. I mean, Houston schedule Ooh, until now brutal, right? Is brutal. Um, I actually actually like the fantasy implications of this game. I think their over-unders at 52. So that's one of the things I look at. Okay. What games are enticing? Where, where are we going to have a potential shootout? Where could it be sloppy? Where this game could get upwards of, you know, high 30s um, offensive shootout. So here's the thing with, with this game. I love Deshaun Watson. And I love the passing attack for Houston. That means both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. I'll get to that, but... Houston's pressure rate allowed as a team sits at about 40% heading into week four. And I bring that up because there's one of four teams in the NFL at 40% or higher. Um, they haven't been great results at this point for, for Watson. Um, and the Texans, when they do face a pretty decent pass rush, are averaging just 2.5 yards a play. Then we got the Vikings. I know they have Daniel Hunter. Um, but they are literally one of the worst pass rush teams right now to this point. I know we're early in 2020. Um, I think their pressure rate is at like 18%. So I think Deshaun Watson and that passing attack is going to see something that they probably haven't seen this year, which means more time in the pocket and he can scramble. And you got two burners and Will Fuller and Brandon cooks. I like both of them. I like I both of them as home run hitters. If you have them on your team, Depending on your matchup, and it's good to look at your matchup. I always, I'm a floor ceiling guy. If you look at your matchup and they got a couple high risk reward guys, you can either match that, maybe go with something a little bit more conservative, higher floor. But these two in this week, in this matchup, I see a potential shootout and I love that play. Um, David Johnson. DJ. I drafted him and we do an auction draft. I got a, I got, I didn't want him. But I had a value for him, and I, I don't recall the number, but I got him for much lower than what he was going for. He's had a, he's gotten in the end zone, and he's salvaged these last couple starts. He's yeah. had a little bit of the burst, which we were hoping to see back in the day when he was in Arizona. But he's getting touches. Duke Johnson can come back. It doesn't matter. They've invested in him. Yep. They need to give him the ball. They're not going to not give him the ball. Um, 
he's kind of a buy right now. I love their schedule, not just now, but moving forward. I think it's becoming a little bit more favorable for him. Um, the Vikings defense is not what they used to be. Uh, and their next few games are against um, top 10 ranked fantasy points allowed for the RB position. So hold on to David Johnson, maybe give him a run and then trade him if you want to get some value. But Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love like the DJ those. play here. I agree with you. I actually, just like you, I drafted DJ later than probably he should have gone. Uh, so I felt like I got a steal. Now, since then, I've actually traded him off uh, to, uh, to do some upgrades. But I mean, I think that you're spot on here. I, what I love is I love any player wearing a Texans uniform this week. If you if you spin it any way that you want, Minnesota's giving up 292 uh, yards in the air. That's 30th in the entire league. And they're giving up, uh, you know, 147 on the ground. That's that's ranked 26 in the league. The, the reality is that it doesn't matter who you play in the Texans. I think that... Deshaun bounces back. He's had a, a slow start. You get involved either. I don't know if you can say both, but I, I'm going to say that either Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller have a blow-up game. Uh, we know that Will Fuller had a few of those last year, and, and DJ gets in the end zone as well and has a, has a monster game. I love it. Yep, absolutely. Dalvin Cook, always a must-start. Must-start. Thielen should come back to somewhat of a norm. His volume's been light. Jefferson went off last week. I don't think that's sustainable. I want to see it to believe it in, in more than one week. Uh, but Dalvin Cook, for me, obviously is going to do much on the, on the Minnesota side. Oh, you have to start Dalvin Cook, especially against Houston, who's giving up 188 yards on the ground. That is NFL worst, ranked 32. Um, but I agree. Where do we put Kirk Cousins? You know, Kirk Cousins had one of the most god-awful fantasy football weeks two weeks ago. He rebounded a little bit um, this past week, but it, it's a trust factor for me uh, when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Now, I was part of the 1% last year when Kirk Cousins had an awful start to the season, and then it turned October. The leaves started to change a little bit, and Kirk Cousins started to feel it. And Kirk Cousins went on a tear for the next four to five weeks where he was not the top five, but the top three quarterback over the course of those next three weeks. So do we see a an October Kurt come through? I don't think it happens this week. So personally, I'm shying away from Kurt Cousins this week. I don't think he gets it done, uh, but time will tell and we'll see. All right, and the next matchup we want to dive into is Seahawks versus the Dolphins. Now, this one's actually quite enticing. Uh, if you're watching this from maybe a game standpoint, I, I think that the Seahawks um, might hang 100 on the Dolphins. But from a fantasy standpoint, this is actually very interesting. Obviously, Russell Wilson is the number one player quarterback in fantasy right now um, and, and is just on a tear. Russ is cooking and, and obviously – the Seahawks have fully unleashed him. He is throwing bombs downfield. So uh, in the Seahawks offense, you got to love that. What's also interesting from the Miami side of the ball is that while we're used to a Seattle defensive backfield that is typically extraordinary, they are giving up a league-high 400 and 30 yards per game. It's actually hard to imagine when you just think about Seattle, it's synonymous with things like Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman 
and Earl Thomas and the Legion of Boom. And and they're the reality is that they're just getting boom sticked. And so I love the I love the Fitz Magic play here. I mean, I'm I'm all in. I, I think that he might throw a few picks, but I think he's gonna throw three or four touchdowns. I, I think it's a an awesome streaming play. Um and, and while I think Seattle is gonna dominate, um it's gonna be interesting. Obviously, Chris Carson is one to watch. You know, he's got that knee sprain. Part of me thinks that you might actually not need him. If you are Seattle and you're Pete Carroll, you look at your matchup, and, and for all, all intents and purposes, obviously you got to go out and play the game, but I'm, I'm heavily favoring Seattle in this game. My thought process is that we let Russ cook and, and we give Chris Carson another week. We've got Carlos Hyde. Uh, selfishly, I did pick up Carlos Hyde from the waiver wire this week. I am very low on his ability. Um, and, and I don't necessarily see him as a plug and play like a lot of other waiver wire pickups that we might have. Um, but I, I got to feel that like DK Metcalf and, and, um, uh, who am I, I'm blanking on the other wide receiver here. Lock it. Oh, pop, lock, lock it, it and drop it. I mean, you got to lock that guy yeah. in uh, three touchdowns, hundred yards last week. Fantastic. So, for me, and looking at this fantasy implications, uh, you know, a, a Seahawks defense that is 32nd in the league and a Dolphins that's 25, you're going to see some points. But uh, but I, I love the play um, for both the, both quarterbacks in this matchup. Absolutely. And just one other, you know, small piece to add here. Yes, Seattle's been abysmal against the pass. J- Jamal Adams is out. Yep. So if we were to highlight one little sliver of hope, that's gone. And then I'm going to add in Garbaggio time here for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. I love Fitz. He's like my sleeper quarterback of the week. And I'm also, for those who have stuck with either Devontae Parker or Preston Williams, this is your time. Big week. Thanks. Big week. And if they can't perform this week, okay, just drop them or yeah. trade them because <laughs> this is it. Absolutely. No, this is a, this is a time. The time is up. The time is now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? Cardinals, Panthers, over under 51. I love it. And I love Kyler Murray. He's in uh, a few of my leagues. I wanted him in my other league that I'm in now. I did not get him. Kyler needs to brush up on his passing attack. He has like a 67.6 passing grade to three weeks. That's nothing too, you know, sexy. But he's got DeAndre Hopkins. And boy, whoever got DeAndre, good for you. Because you may have just won your league with that guy. But no, in all seriousness, I think um, I, I love Kyler Murray in the sense that he, he he's a rushing quarterback. I think he's actually leading all quarterbacks in rushing yards. Yep. To this point, we're still early. Lamar's going to wake up. We know that. But I, think, I love Kyler in this game. I love Kyler in really any game because he's a dual threat. Um, there's a lot of conversation around DJ Moore right now. Um and um, now, although he's been a little bit uh, underwhelming uh, for those who have invested a ton in him, whether a high pick or um, high amount with value, um, he still ranks 15th in the NFL receiving yards. It's just he's not getting in the end zone. He's not hit the red zone like we would like him to see. But I do see this game being another high-flying, high-scoring affair. And I think this bodes well for DJ Moore. I like Curtis Samuel in this game as well. Um, and I think this is a good opportunity to feel really good about any of the name players for Arizona and Carolina 
as well. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Uh, and just by the way, to uh, to validate your stat there, Kyler Murray currently sitting at 187 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson Ooh. hot on his heels at 182. So it's actually closer there than I think. Um, I've actually had to play Kyler in back-to-back weeks in my fantasy league because, well, I played him and then he got traded to the team that I had to play again. And I have to tell you, it is not fun playing against Kyler Murray. He is a stud and he is someone that is so dynamic, so incredible to watch. While he is maybe not the world's best passer, he creates opportunities, which I love. My question's in this game, uh, because I think this game has a lot of fantasy implications, like you talked about DJ Moore. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has seemed to be a guy that's not necessarily airing it out, but more checking it under. How does that play into, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a fringe for a lot of uh, a lot of people. Do we consider him in this matchup, or is he? are we fading Teddy in this, in this situation? Um. I think I think what you're seeing there is also within a you know week and a half or two weeks of Christian McCaffrey being a big part of that offense. So the check down is essential, obviously, for anyone who's playing quarterback historically and now. So um, for me, I, I don't I haven't looked a ton into Teddy. Um, I do like the upside and the amount of or lack thereof with defense this week. Um, and if he's out there as a potential waiver pickup and start, go for it. I do think that there might be some other options available, depending on what your league looks like and how much depth there is. Um, but I do see this as, as being a big day for DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and company. And if it's for them, you got to imagine that maybe Teddy Bridgewater can have um, have his way as well with this Arizona defense. So I agree. I guess I just talked to myself in circles there. That's but, right. Uh, I actually got a hot take on this game and it might be a little bit different than yours, I think this game is going to feature two two very good running attacks that may not immediately jump out at you, right? So the reason I say that is Mike Davis stepped into a role for CMC and immediately produced. Puts question marks, is Christian McCaffrey a, a coordinated piece and a well-orchestrated offense where you insert anybody and – that guy becomes fantasy relevant. Well, Mike Davis last week rushed for 13 times for 46 yards, um, and he added eight catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. There's only a few players playing today that are going to see the volume that is in the neighborhood of eight to 10 catches as a running back. And when you're getting that, you've got your Austin Ecklers, of course, but like when you're getting that volume, you're fantasy relevant in a PPR league. And so I love Mike Davis. And on the other side of the ball, listen, Kenyon Drake has been hasn't been bad to look at, right? So you might it, it's it's a good kind of feel, but like he's maybe hitting his projections, maybe a little under, maybe a little over. I have this feeling that this week is a breakout week for him. That he steps ahead, he actually crushes the projections, and we start to see the Kenyon Drake that I think a lot of people drafted and a lot of people have been waiting for. I'm excited about this game more than a lot of other games. But uh, I do think there's some good fantasy implications there for both players on sides of the ball. Over unders at 51, my friend. So I'll take the over. It's good. Yeah, it's good to be excited for this. Yep. Um, absolutely. Cool. Quick hit for you. Uh, Browns versus Cowboys. 
Uh, again, a real tough, uh, a real quick matchup here. We got a two and one Browns team, which is actually surprising given the way that they started the season facing a one and two Cowboys team. Um, the reason why I actually like the Browns in this matchup is not because of Baker Mayfield, but it's because of the fact that the Browns have the two best running back combo in the entire National Football League. And they're playing the 23rd worst rush defense in the league as well, in the in the Dallas Cowboys. So whether you have Chubb or whether you play Hunt, my advice would be to start them. Now, it does depend on the game flow, because what I tell you is that Dak Prescott has been putting up incredible numbers, although it seems that they continuously are coming from behind. If Dallas jumps out to a lead, then you're going to want to lean more on Kareem Hunt, who is featured more in third down and passing situations. If the Browns are able to control the clock, move the ball effectively, and score, you're going to see big output from Nick Chubb. Either way, I like both of these running backs in the start. What I don't necessarily like and I've not been big been a big believer on is OBJ. I think that um, the name is one of those those names that just carries a ton of weight. We probably all overdrafted him, no matter who took him. But at the end of the day, I'm fading OBJ. I'm going to pause on Baker. I don't see him as having a breakout game. Um, but you know that Zeke is going to feast. He's going to get his again. He had a little off week last week. This is a great opponent to do that. I think this game might be one of the faster games in the NFL this week based off of the ground attack on both of these teams. So I like the running backs, and I like Dak in this one. I love Dak. I think he's going to be one of the top passers this year, if not one of the top three in the league. And OBJ, you know, he's he's, he's just he just seems to be in a frustrating situation. And what is he's the 28th ranked wide receiver right now, um, and he seems like a boomer bust guy. Which is when you see his name, it's just so hard to, to deal with that because how can he be a boomer bust guy? He's still OBJ, but you know he's got Baker, and I think they try to hit home runs, which I think again goes back to your strategy with OBJ, the ceiling floor situation. And unfortunately, that's just where we're at right now until we see anything else. So yep. Totally agree. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, next matchup. What do you got for us? The big one: Patriots, Chiefs, or not Ooh. so big, based on what Mahomes can do to everyone. <laughs> um, look, I like Cam Newton. Um, I was in on him. People in my league call me the QB whisper because I've drafted Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes the last two years for a total of two dollars. Wow. And Cam Newton was on my radar this year. And over the first two weeks of the season, everything looked great with him and Josh McDaniels. And I still love what we have in store for Cam Newton. I know in week three, he didn't play as well as he could have um, against the Raiders. And I had high expectations for him. Um, But he's still just one of three quarterbacks with over 100 yards rushing. And he can get to 200 against the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Uh, have given up an above-average number of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks who could run. Um, and uh, they're not too great against the pass either. So um, I do like the likes of Cam Newton in this game. Um, and from a rushing standpoint specifically, I think he can probably break 100 yards. That's my bold prediction for sure. Um, I, I don't really have a ton of notes, Jake, on the Chiefs because who in the Chiefs are you not starting? <laughs> I don't care who you're playing against. 
You're like, oh, I wonder if we should go with Hilaire this week. You're starting Hilaire. You're starting it's Hilaire. Like, maybe it's a wide receiver thing. You have to start Tyreek no matter what. But Travis I think Kelsey, you're still starting Sammy Watkins. You're start. I mean, like, I know he's a fringe guy, but on sheer targets, it, it's just it's incredible the high power of that offense. I think anyone in a prominent starting role, you're starting and, until the cows come home. Hundred percent. Let me ask you this, and then we'll we'll get going here. Um, Nicole Hardman or Sammy Watkins? Who are you starting? Uh, you put a gun to my head. I'm say Sammy Watkins. Okay. You like Nicole Hardman? I like, I like Sammy. I like Sammy with how he's been used this year. I know in week one, it was just such, it was, it was deja vu. Week one, it's like, Sammy Watkins. He's back. <laughs> he's back. And then it's like, and then he kind of slows down a little bit. I think he's like a wide receiver three category. And yeah. I think McCall Hardman is a guy that you're going to put all your attention on Tyreek Hill and that he could pop a, a, a big touchdown pass with, with that rocket for an arm on Mahomes. But I like Sammy as well. But if you do have McCall Hardman, keep an eye on him as a potential home run hitter for you this week. That's been a common thing. Home run hitter, Nicole Hardman, Sammy, better in the PPR. I like it. I like it. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, hot take. Okay, so Rex Burkhead was a fantasy week of all fantasy weeks, right? Had a, a, a fantastic game. I always have a hard time with a, a Patriots-controlled offense other than a Tom Brady or a Cam Newton who are, are going to facilitate that. Again, I love the Cam Newton play. I like exactly I'm on the same target as you. But um, to be honest, Rex Burkhead is still available on our waivers this week, and nobody's picked him up. And I think that that is a telltale sign that like we just don't know what we're going to see uh, from the Patriots. And it's really hard to say with any level of confidence you should start Rex Burkhead or – insert any other Patriots player this week. Yeah, I think, um, let me ask you, is, is Sony Michelle on your waiver as well? Uh, that's a great question. Check that out. Check that out. Cause I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. Let Sony is turn. available. Okay. Well, here we go. So let me just tune into my Belichick mindset real quick. Cause if I'm Belichick and I'm going to try to beat the chiefs, you're not going to beat them at their own game. Right. You're going to beat them by controlling the clock. You're going to beat them by running the ball down their esophagus. <laughs> so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, I see two leading rushers on the Patriots. I think Rex Burkett, like to you, I think where you were going with that, Jake, was like we, the, the rushing attack for them has just always been, what the hell are we getting into? Is it going to be peppered passes to James White? Is it going to be Rex Burkhead in motion in a two-back set slot? catching balls and then all of a sudden getting goal line carries. And then all of a sudden Shoney Michelle in between the 20 and the 20 on the field is getting the bulk of the care. Well, he didn't get a bulk of the carries, but he showed some explosiveness that was enticing. It was amazing. I, I mean, he was, it was it, I, I was watching the game and I'm like, who was that? They just broke through. It's like, that's Sony Michelle. Oh my gosh. Explosives. I think this is my, you know, a little hot take here. If the Patriots want to win this game, they got to win the game with Cam Newton and Sony Michelle. So if you're in a deeper league and I had to choose a running back for this week, and if I'm wrong, you can find me, say Raz, 
you suck and you're wrong. <laughs> but I think it's going to be the Cam Newton show and the Sony Michelle show on the ground. Okay. Play action, couple schematics from Belichick and McDaniels. But uh, I like Sony this week for sure. Now, bigger question: Do you like yeah. the, Do you like the Patriots over the Chiefs? Ooh, I don't know. I, 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 it'll be a good game regardless. Riding high, yeah. just smashed Lamar yep. in the face of Madden 21, lost to the face of Madden 20. <laughs> and I think this is just a perfect game for Belichick to come in there, had had this one circled for weeks. They have a game plan, and if they execute it, which is essentially keeping Mahomes on the bench – We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Could no. be an I, I, I agree. I think it's uh, it's certainly an interesting play. Uh, let's move on. I've got a couple games left before uh, we say goodnight here. So the one that's interesting to me, especially to me as a Raider fan, is that the 3-0 undefeated and Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills come to Las Vegas to face the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, these are probably two of the loudest and rowdiest fan bases, whether that's Bills Mafia or the psychos uh, that are Raider fans, including myself. I actually think this is a this is an interesting take. I think this game is going to be more of a shootout. Now it depends if if the Bills stay away from the Vegas Strip because there is something there. I think there's a reason why Vegas is is the home of the Raiders. It fits perfectly, but I also think it is Temptation City, and that could lead into some uh, ill-advised moves by the Bills. Uh, but here's a, here's the reality. Um, I mean, Josh Allen has been nothing short of fantastic. He's number two quarterback right behind Russell Wilson, uh, only a few points behind him. He, he's been incredible across the board, whether that's running or passing. Um, I love the Josh Allen play this week. He's an ac- an absolute lock for me. Um, what, I, what I think that is interesting in this matchup here is I think that we're going to see a resurgence of Darren Waller. Darren Waller was absolutely shut down by the Patriots last week after receiving 12 targets in week two against the Saints. I think that the Raiders game plan needs to be more focused on getting him involved. That will then open up another huge game for Josh Jacobs. I don't necessarily see either of these defenses being able to stop the offenses. This might be a game where whoever has the ball last wins the game. Um, right now, Bills are favored by three. Uh, I like the Bills. I like any Bills wide receiver. I like I like any offensive weapon in this game. I'd play them all. Uh, nobody that I really hate. Good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? Hit me. Hit me with the bad news. I think the Raiders get smacked. Oh, this no, okay. No, that's that's a little aggressive. I don't think they get smacked this weekend. The Bills are nasty right now, man. They're incredible. They're playing good football, well-rounded football. I thought their defense would be a little bit more intimidating than what we've seen. We're still early, but here's the thing. No, I, I think this will be a closer game. I think one. I mean, look at the end, midway through the fourth quarter, there's going to be a team in control. If I were to put my bet on it, I'd say the Bills, just because they're playing well right now, they're riding high. Well, almost would have been riding low with giving up that lead to the Rams. But yeah. Josh Allen, John John Brown, um, Stefan Diggs. The passing Diggs. attack has been, has been surprising. But here's the thing, man. 
the Raiders' defense have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs this season. So if I was going to be singling one individual, I love Josh Jacobs. I love Darren Waller. I think those are amazing stories. And and kudos to anyone who had them or has drafted them on your team. Um, They're going to be top, top notch, I think, the majority of the year. Another little bold take. But Devin Singletary has the opportunity to have the biggest game that he can have this year. Because I think the Raiders are a little bit fire and ice. And based on what I've seen from like a running game standpoint, I think the Bills have the ability to pass against anyone. But I think they just give it to Devin. And Zach Moss, who I, I don't even know if he's if he's still questionable this week or whatnot. I, I do think that he could still get some touches at some point in time. But I like Devin this week if you have him on your team. Okay. I like the play. I like the play by Devin. Um, you know, uh, Buffalo is actually ranked 27th uh, in, in defensive passing, giving up 274 yards per game, um, which is a, a very interesting. The Vegas Raiders are, are 16th at 242. But when you flip it over to the ground game, you're absolutely right. Vegas giving up 163 yards on the game. Um, you know, I, I, I think that that could be a, a very interesting take on how they get Devin Singletary involved and maybe take a little bit of relief off of Josh Allen. Uh, you got another game over there on your, your end? Philly and my Niners. Philly and so, the Niners. Sunday night football. Um, and I think the Niners, I mean, the Eagles are banged up. Um, they've been a little bit of a disappointment. I think Dallas Goddard going down is, is a loss for them on top of the injuries that they have. The 49 Let's let's just continue injuries. The Niners are, are, I mean, I mean, we're rolling out with the B and C team right now. But I think there's one thing to keep in mind. That's Kyle Shanahan, and that's the system that they've rolled out. The Niners are run first. Nick Mullins is not a slouch, but I think in this game, from a fantasy standpoint, um, you got to monitor the Niners' running back situation and see where things look closer to Sunday. If Raheem Mostert plays, great. I think he's a great start no matter what. I don't think he's going to start in practice today. They may be cautious with him. Um, I think George Kittle returns. I think Debo Samuel returns, but I am not starting Debo. I think they need to get him slowly but surely caught up in football shape. Brandon Ayuk was a nice little... little, uh, well, I guess, I mean, it was Shanahan's shiny toy finally sure. coming to fruition last week. I think Ayuk is going to be used similarly to Debo, but I need to see that more from, from the rookie. I know it's exciting as a fan to see him get involved. I think he had 10 targets. You know, I think he went five for 70 in a touchdown last week. That's great. But the jet sweep, he's going to want to get these guys the ball in their hands. And the 49ers this year, they're not going to have the ability to just put games away like they did the Jets and the Giants. They don't have the same kind of defensive front. I think they're a little bit underrated, given the fact that Rosa is out, but they have some depth. Um, if I were to start anyone this game, monitor who's healthy for the Niners running backs, put them in. It is a part of their scheme. They're going to run the ball. They're explosive with the running game. And then from a... Um, Receiving standpoint, I think it's George Kittle. Welcome back. And the Eagles, unfortunately, maybe Miles Sanders has been yep. one of the bright spots. I you like know? Miles. Yeah, uh, I think that the, I think the Niners could go up early here, and um, he's still getting some targets. He's he's getting some carries. 
And I think he's one of the only healthy weapons that they have. So you got to imagine that he's going to be incorporated in potentially, once again, some garbaggio time for the Eagles. I think the Niners will. Oh, I was just about to say, I think he, he is primed for some fourth quarter garbaggio time. <laughs> there you go, dude. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's take off the last matchup that we're going to cover. It is the Monday night game, the Falcons and the Packers. Uh, right now, the over-under is 58. <laughs> Woo! So if we look at the Packers, let's, let's start with the Cheeseheads, okay? So the Packers have scored 43 points, 42 points, and 37 points. They are going to score, no doubt. But, but, they have also given up 34, 21, and 30. So, they are scoring a ton, but they're also giving up a lot of points. Now, this Falcons team has somehow figured out to blow a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter, not once, but in two consecutive weeks. It's actually hard to imagine, and you're definitely getting some Super Bowl flashback there. Um, in this matchup, I am heavy and all in. Uh, I, I obviously, uh, as some of the Fantasy Gods West guys know, I own both Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and love the hookup connection there. Calvin Ridley, number one receiver in all of fantasy this year. Whoop, whoop. Um, I love the play. I think that uh, I think that Green Bay ultimately is going to be too much for the Falcons. It's going to be a staggering uh, kind of uh, week where the Falcons are 0-4 and, and they really could have been 2-2. Two two. Um, I don't think that we're at a place where we're talking about anybody losing their job. Um, but across the board, you you got to believe that obviously Aaron Rodgers is a lock. Okay, Aaron Jones is a lock. Um, Devontae Adams, uh, I actually have not seen the latest on injury news, and if you have something there, uh, would love to know that. But I think he might be expected back this week. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. So so Devontae Adams maybe comes back, but we've seen this really interesting Alan Lazard um, and even uh, Valdez Scanling who have who've really stepped in in the absence. And uh, this is an interesting thing. If you're in a little bit deeper of a league, I actually like the play uh, of Alan Lazard. And I'll tell you this for, for a few reasons. Aaron Jones is going to open up the passing game. They're, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is not going to shy away from throwing the ball. And whether Devontae Adams is in the game or not, Devontae Adams draws double coverage. So that opens somebody else up. And I think that Alan Lazard, which is available in a lot of leagues right now, he's actually still sitting on our waiver wire. Um, I think that that would be a very good plug-and-play on a game that has an over-under of 58. You have an incredible opportunity to stream him and get some solid points this week. Jake, I can't think of another game that has had an over-under of 58. It's high. It's a lot. In my lifetime. <laughs> um, um, I I'm, th- rolling, I mean, I'm rolling out the floodgates for this one. I'm, I have Todd Gurley. Did I want Todd Gurley? No. No. But I got him for value. But here's the thing. If Todd Gurley doesn't come out this game, we're in trouble. Todd Gurley owners, I am sorry to tell you. You press I the panic button? I think you pressed the panic button. He's been underwhelming so far. He's getting his touches. He showed a little bit of a burst. You're like, okay, the arthritis is fine. But then he sometimes is not getting any, any, any love in the passing game. 
thing. Packers have allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs this season. This is his time. This is why they brought him in for a one-year deal. Let's see it. Alan Lizard, I think, goes off. I think so. I said Lizard on purpose. I know it's Lizard, by the way. He's gonna sli- to he's gonna slither through the defense. <laughs> he's gonna freaking try to find a way to slither his way on a sluggo, if you will, and have have a day. I think everyone has a day. Believe in the over under. There's it's there for a reason. Sprinkle in a little Vegas betting conspiracy, whatever you want to call it. This is gonna be a shootout. Grab your fantasy popcorn. Matt Ryan is a great start. Aaron, I mean, these are these are obvious situations. Devonta Adams, you got to check him out. I can't see any updates right now. Which is weird. ESPN's got it, so obviously just monitor that. But um, I like everybody in this game, including the entire passing attack for both the Packers and the Falcons. All right. Well, there you guys have it. There's your breakdowns of some key players who you should start, who you should sit. Um, I wanna I wanna say a special thank you to Raz for carving out time to share his wealth of wisdom with us. Uh, Raz, thanks so much for joining the show today. Always a pleasure being here. And for those who are listening, you're welcome. Uh, I hope today brought forth great strategy and direction for week four. Go handle business. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, Raz, good luck to your Niners this week. I hope you guys continue your winning ways. Uh, Thanks so much for joining the show. That'll wrap us up for week four. Stamp it. Seal it. Thanks for joining the Kingsman Corner. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.